Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello everyone, welcome to Green Magic Green Medicine with Susan Weed. I'm here, I'm just awaiting Susan. I had a technical difficulty as sometimes what happens, but here is our plug-in song. Thank you. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more, right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Blessed are 
Forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Green Magic, Green Medicine with Susan Weed. I'm Daniel Michael, founder, co creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network, and I see Susan is here, so I'll go ahead and bring her on. Welcome, Susan. How are you? I am really well. How are you this evening? I am well. It's It's been a time of lots of endings and moves to be made and things to be done. And, uh, it's just been an interesting time <laughs> in that way. I always feel there's a concentrating process that goes on when I move. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm just traveling and I have to get on a plane and come home or go somewhere else, I have to concentrate things and pack them small. <laughs> in little things that are easy to make sense. <laughs> Exactly. Where are you going to wind up? Well, by that I mean I didn't necessarily mean the physical that's potential, but I mean there's been just moving on and mm. an ending, a breakup, you know, all those things, you know. Mm. So there's been, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm working kind of independently, so I, you know, I left my full-time job, which I used to call the, the fountain of youth, was to quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, so I'm I'm taking a risk basically, and um, and so that's why when I mentioned I'm working out of a lot and things like that because it's independent and some of it's attached to I have family out of town and things like that. <clears throat> I congratulate you on taking a risk. Mm-hmm. I. I think that's the fountain of youth. Exactly. <laughs> the fountain of youth is our willingness to take risks, our willingness to wind up with the pie in the face. Mm-hmm. And say, yes. hey, you know, what will happen if I do this? I might make a fool of myself. It won't be the first time, and it probably won't be the last. <laughs> I'm that pretty sure I've that. made a fool out of myself before. <laughs> Isn't that the essence of being a child, flinging yourself into something? The fool in the tarot. <laughs> the fool Wait, you're about the to throw, right. 
<laughs> I am about to step off. Yay! Or have I just stepped on? Hmm, hard to tell. <laughs> that little dog, or at least in the rider weight, that little dog is trying to stop you and you're barking at you. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, I'm I not sure. Had- I've had people say that the dog is saying, go, go, jump. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Perhaps of my just dualistic nature, maybe I just assumed that one was leaping and one was stopping. So you might be right. There. Maybe the dog was saying, well, get out of here. <laughs> I'm sick of you. <laughs> jump off the mountain. <laughs> and dogs often display that reckless nature, that take-a-risk nature. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see the t- the tiny little dog growling at the big dog. You think that's a risk? Right. How is that small? What I what I growl at a dog that big? I don't know. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then of course all of that. You know that taking a risk, that listening to our intuition, that jumping into the end. Nothing could be further from botany. Botany is really about getting it in the boxes. And now, of course, nature hates boxes. Nature always likes to crawl over the edge of the box, you know, destroy the edge of the box, make holes in the edge of the box, whatever it can. Nonetheless, human beings like to make boxes. I have an area out in my woods that I call the Fairy Glen. And I was instructed by the fairies very soon after I moved here that I could do anything I wanted, but I had to leave their fairy glen alone, and nobody, no person was to come in the fairy glen. And I said, well, I, I, I can't, you know, control whether the goats go in there. And they said, we don't mind the goats in there. And I said, and the birds and the squirrels and the bats and the bees. And they said, we don't mind any of those things at all. It's just human beings that we don't want in the fairy glen. And I said, well, what's so bad about human beings? And they showed me a series of images of orderly things, gardens in rows, you know, crops being harvested by big machines, roads, you know, all that kind of thing. And I looked at the fairy gland and I realized with my whole being that fairies were our way of making chaos visual and apprehensible. Mm. I like that. That nature itself is Chaos and chaotic because nature or energy always likes to take a risk. Nature is all about taking risks. What if I do this? What if I do this? And nature is willing to fail. Nature is willing to have failures. Nature is willing to say, oh, don't hear birds. What was I thinking? So, <laughs> right? So, in the midst of this chaos, human beings put order. We're going to order things. And I think that this is part of what makes people run screaming from botany classes. Hmm. There's probably no university-level class that people more universally freak out about than botany. And part of it is that they needlessly use huge and arcane terminology. Now, last week, we got into a little terminology, didn't we? We talked about the female part of the plant, the stigma and the style and the ovary. But that's not needless terminology. That's like, that's your coat, that's your hat, that's your gloves. You need to be able to say what those things are. You need to be able to look into that lily and see that glistening little knob there with the nectar on it and say, that's the stigma. 
and then see the tube going down from that and say, yep, that's the style. And then down below there is the ovary. And if it gets fertilized, there's going to be seeds in that ovary. And if it gets fertilized, it will get fertilized because there's pollen from the male part of the plant, which consists of a little thread-like thing called an anther and the pollen thing that we see up on top, again, envisioning that lily, mm-hmm. which is the anther. The anther is the part that literally makes and then holds the pollen in plants that are pollinated by the wind. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about wind pollination and insect pollination. The parts of the flower that are most interesting to us, the colorful petals, aren't present. All we have is this filament with the anther dangling off of it. If you think of grass in flower, and you might have seen it waving in the breeze, and these little things waving in the breeze, those are the anthers. Those are the little pollen things. And they're shaking that pollen out into the wind. Achoo, achoo, achoo. And that pollen's going into our nose, and it's causing a histamine reaction, and we're sneezing, and our eyes are getting watery, depending on the degree to which we react to that pollen. And the female part in the plants without pretty petals nonetheless has to be the same. There has to be the ovary, the style, and the stigma. But unlike in the lily where the style is very long, the style is quite short in grass plants. So what I'm establishing here is that in every flowering plant, whether it has a flower that we would recognize as a flower, or whether it just looks like a stalk of grass with little wiggly, jiggly bits, there are this male part of the plant and the female part of the plant. And this is what makes these plants be called perfect plants. They have perfect flowers because they have male parts and female parts in the same flower. Back when I went to college, there were co-ed colleges, but there were women's dorms and men's dorms. And we think that's how plants started out, too, that there were male plants and female plants. And then, 15 years after I got out of college, they, there were dorms with both men and women, in the, but there were women's floors and men's floors. And so we believe that as the plants evolved, that it became useful to them to have the male parts and the female parts on the same plant. If you have male parts someplace and female parts another place, you're probably going to depend on the wind as a pollinator, and you're going to have to make a large amount of pollen, 
which is a hormone-rich, fat-rich substance, which is a little more exhausting for the plant to make. So by bringing the male flowers onto the same plant with the female flowers, it didn't have to be wind pollination. Insect pollination could get going. But like in the dorms, we were still preserving some integrity. Nowadays, I don't think you're even allowed to say girls' floors and boys' floors, are you? Just everybody is there. So thus we get to the perfect flower, where the male parts and the female parts, no matter what you want to call them, are both present right in the same flower. And that leads to a variety of very fun and innovative ways that plants have to avoid self-pollination. Insects is one of the very best ways to do that. Wind pollination, of course, pretty much avoids self-pollination. But once we have sexual organs together in the same plant, then the plant has to think up some interesting ways to do that. And self-pollination is not absolutely taboo. There are plants that self-pollinate, and some of those interesting ways that plants deal with this is in the mint family, for instance, there are um, four tall stamen. Stamen is the name of the male part. And two short stamen. And the tall stamen are up by the stigma, which is the top of the pistol. She's a pistol pack in mama. And that's for insects. Insects are attracted to the nectar on the stigma. They get some of the pollen. They go to the next flower. Ah, cross-pollination, very good. But there are also two smaller stamen. So if the weather is bad and the pollinators don't come, those two smaller stamen are right there in the flower to pollinate the pistil so that seeds start in the ovary. Let's take a little closer look at the ovary because it's a pretty interesting part of the plant. And you remember when we were talking about the parts of the flower, we said that we started out at the edge of the flower, so to speak, mm. with the sepals, and in a rosebud that the sepals are green, but in a tulip bud, the sepals are the same color as the tulip flowers. So the ovary can be above the sepals which means it's superior. Or it can be below the sepals, which means it's inferior. And these words are used in their strictest Latinate sense. Botany can be very Latinate, although it is not Latin. And yet I find these terms quite confusing for people. Can you imagine a tomato with the sepals still on it? They have them at the supermarket now, right? Tomato on the vine. 
and there's that big red tomato, and right up top of it are those five green little leaf-like things, yeah? Can you see that? Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those five green leaf-like things, those are the sepals. And you would say, okay, Susan, so I can see that the tomato is under the sepals, and the tomato is obviously the ripened ovary of the flower, and that means that this ovary is inferior. And I would say, well, it is indeed under the sepals now, but the ovary is not inferior because before it was pollinated, it was, the ovary was nestled inside the sepals. And as it ripened and grew large, it grew so heavy that it turned over. So superior and inferior give us the wrong direction. We don't really want to look at other sepals above it or below it. We really want to look to see, is the ovary within the sepals? Or is the ovary without of the sepals? So then if I ask you, is the tomato within the sepals, you could very easily say to me, it certainly is. That must mean it's ovary superior. Similarly, if I were to ask you to imagine the sepals on an apple, which is a little harder to do. We start at the top, and there's the stem and the shoulders of the apple, and then it goes down to the bottom. And there's that kind of funny thing down there at the bottom of the apple, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the sepals. Mm. So we can see that the apple was outside the sepals. Even though here, once again, the weight of the fruit has caused the apple to be above the sepals. It is nonetheless outside them, not tucked inside them. Mm. Now, I'm sure there are people thinking, so what? Well, hey, when we are ordering things, we want to look at all of the fine details. And you know what? If you actually get a little magnifying glass and go outside and start looking at flowers, you will be like totally blown away. So what? This is amazing. Like nothing you could stream is as exciting as getting into the sex life of plants and checking it out. Where is the ovary? It's above the sepals. Is it underneath the sepals? And then if you're a gardener, you become a better gardener too. And you say, hey, right, okay, so here's my squash plants. And my squash plants have male flowers and female flowers. And I only need to leave a couple of the male flowers. But I need to leave all the female flowers so I can eat those male flowers. They're very good stuff. And I can see if that female flower has been fertilized because the ovary is outside the flower. It's under the flower. I can see it. 
and you can say, hey, i got to plant my corn in a block instead of a row because corn is wind-pollinated. And wind doesn't like to blow down rows. It likes to blow around in spirals. So if I plant my corn in a square, I'll get a lot more fertilized ears. And I can see that the male part of my corn is up top. All those little pollen-producing anthers hanging on their filaments right up there, up top of the corn. And then the female part, where is the stigma and the style? And the ovary on the corn. That's right. That's right. That's within the sepals. Those big green leaves that we husk off the corn and the corn seeds are the ripened ovary. And the corn silk is the style. And the brown part out at the end is the stigma. Sex life of plants has everything to do with herbal medicine and gardening and really getting that nature is in a perpetual state of orgasm. There's a lot of joy and ecstasy going on around us all the time. And a little bit of botany can really hook us in to all of this joy and all of this thrill. A few specialized words. They're not hard. Stay, men. Yeah, that's the male part. Stay there, men. They're producing the pollen. Pistol. She's a pistol-packing mama. She's a pistol-packing mama with style. One end of the style is the ovary, and the other end of the style is the stigma. When the pollen gets to the stigma, it goes through the style down to the ovary, and the ovary begins to ripen, producing squashes that contain seeds, and apples that contain seeds. So the ovary ripens without a fruit and simply produces a bare seed, as in wheat or rye. Many grass seeds are just the bare seeds, protected by usually an unusually hard seed coat. And the ovary can have carpals. A carpal, of course, carpal tunnel syndrome. Yes, that's right. A carpal is a opening. In the case of plants, carpals are chambers. So if we think of a pea, and we open that pea pod, there's a bunch of peas in the pod, and that's one carpal. That's just one big carpal with many seeds in it. But if we cut the apple, not from top to bottom as usual, but from side to side and look down in there, we see five seeds, each one in a separate carpal. And there are five carpals in the apple. each containing only one seed. If you open a mustard pod, and many people haven't, you will find a membrane separating the seeds on the left from the seeds on the right, creating two chambers, a bicarpalate seed pod containing multiple seeds on each side of it. So many interesting things are going on right in front of us. Not just the birds 
and the bees, but the bees and the flowers and the flowers and the flowers. All of the different parts of those things that we eat. Next week, we're going to start to expand our view a little. And we're going to start to talk about families of plants. Next week might be our last week together as we expand into the viewpoint of family we will find that this is really a kind of home base for us in our learning about plants. And hopefully I will convince you that botany is a lot of fun and you can carry on without me. But for this week, I'm going to say goodbye. And thank you. Thank you for providing and having provided Main Street for all of us to enjoy. Thank you for helping me return herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine, the medicine you find right outside your door. And before I say goodbye tonight, I'm going to remember to ask you something that I've been wanting to ask you for a very long time. What is cryptozoology? Cryptozoology is the study of... um Animals that supposedly don't exist or, or or have been extinct. Like it's an animal that's not supposed to be around. But there's lots of reports or different sorts of historical reports it's of it. Corns and dragon. dragons and Bigfoot and lots right. of yeah, all that sort of thing. That's sort of a and some of them some of it can be simpler than that. It can just be literally like a, a type of deer that's no longer in existence or something, but oftentimes it's with the mythological, including unicorns, you know, or or, or whatever. And so Pegasus. Uh, yeah. And um, centaurs. But my favorite yeah. is the basilisk. Yes. <laughs> the basilisk is a mythical animal, but what does its name start with? Basil. It is literally the threatening spirit that lives in basil. Oh, wow. That I didn't know. But I'm familiar with cool, the basilisk. Huh? I've actually heard of, of that creature before. When I was yeah. a kid, we're running out of time, but one of my favorite books was just this little book called Monsters, Giants, and Little Men from Mars. <laughs> That's what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> and I just loved reading through it. It had all sorts of mythological creatures, and some of them based a little bit in reality, some not. You know, And, and it was just... I just loved it, and I guess it just—I've always been interested in the possibility of the, the you know, just things that are the back alleys uh, off Main Street. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, always a delight to spend this time with you, and we'll talk next week again. Okay. And thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. And everybody, you've been listening to Green Magic, Green Medicine with Susan Weed. We'll be back here one more week uh, next Tuesday, unless we decide to expand or go longer or do some other thing. But right now, I'm saying good night, goodbye, and thank, thank you so much. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. 
All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Blessed are we in the morning. Blessed are we in the light of the day as we enjoy the afternoon. Blessed are we as the twilight descends and the magic of dusk is upon us. And blessed are we in the dark of the night as we slip into dreams that are calling. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.